Hey everyone, this is Connor. Before we get started, I just want to encourage you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. If you become a patron, you'll get access to multiple exclusive episodes every month. And you can also join our patrons-only Discord chat, where Pete and I talk informally with the Podside Picnic community. So if you like the show, go ahead and check us out at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. Thanks. You love the yeah, classics. That's awesome. Thank you. I just hit the recording button. We don't need to stop bullshitting, though. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. Pete, well, so, so, what so you're we the... talk about if we didn't bullshit? I'm sorry, Carlin. <laughs> Go ahead. So, so Pete, basically, the mirror version of you is like the classics are great. <laughs> I love sitting down with like a 600 page tome about you know like Proust eating a Madeleine and dipping it in tea and remembering. <laughs> Next week, tune in for 100 Years of Solitude. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know what? I'm going to say, I'm going to put in a stake and say 100 Years of Solitude is definitely somewhat, um, I mean, magical realism is speculative in nature. So, Well, the the other book I thought of off the top of my head was Confederacy of Dun- Dunces, which I think is great. So mm-hmm. I didn't, yeah. I, there's Look, just no winning. It's like, name just, two non-science fiction books. Obviously, they're going to be ones I like. Oh, we you, should talk about the Bible. What am I uh, thinking? Ca- Catcher in the Rye. The dude. Book of Mormon is science fiction. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I I love that uh, they're they're the the angel that gave them the message is you know the angel Maroni. Maroni. You know the what angel macaroni. Me, what scares me the most about the Book of Mormon is what happens after you die because I would be assuming that I'm good enough to make the cut. They would dump me on some Eden planet to repopulate it. With all my wives, and Jesus, would they cut me into pieces? <laughs> I'm like, nah. Sis- sinister sister wives. Oh my god! All right, so uh, I guess we should probably um, do an intro, right? Yeah. A what? An intro? You know, say one, two, three. Let's jam. Let's jam. Um. We are going to space, folks. We are here for Podside Picnic. Um, we are going to be talking about Star Trek. Yes. <laughs> this is, of course, uh, Stardate Carlo narrating the intro of this episode. Um, I am accompanied by, you know, uh, Commander Pete. Um, you know, Lieutenant Kurt and uh, the other Lieutenant uh, Chris. <laughs> I see how it is. Yeah, I see how it is. <laughs> so, what color are your shirts, guys? I mean, I honestly, I think I'm a red, but I'm I'm not an expendable red. <laughs> so, Paisley, I have a Paisley shirt on currently. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know Prince was in the in on guess, the chat. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm I'm part of that weird like uh, Klingon exchange student program from Deep Space Nine. <laughs> or you could, could be you one imagine of those... like a a disco Klingon? <laughs> oh man. Or one of With those like platform shoes from that old uh, old yes. Star Trek. 
soundtrack of yeah heading down to eden yeah (laughs) brother But so uh, to to be clear, since there are like 572 uh, types of shows about Star Trek, movies, media, all that stuff, we're going to be talking about specifically Strange New Worlds. And uh, a tip of the hat to um, to Lieutenant Chris for really sort of uh, telling us all about it and getting us on the sure color yet. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I. I'd like to think I'd be blue, but I'd probably be some like grunt in the engineering somewhere. So, so I can see that or science. I, yeah, I, I, I could buy you science. You could be the annoying JJ Abrams add-in character. <laughs> yes, that, that's, that's right. like added as, as as like a comic relief, but nobody likes. But they keep. Oh my god! Him back no, no, for, no, no, no! Or like no. prying you out of the holodeck all the time. <laughs> Chris, Chris is the only character that shows up on the bridge in a full t- you know suit and tie because he is the jag officer for <laughs> for the federation Whoa, yo star trek jag would actually be kind of a cool show that would right? be a cool I would show absolutely watch that yeah like a whole series about like measure of a man that would be really like yeah along those lines that'd be really cool like i mean honestly honestly um if we're going to talk about measure of a man i i, I watched that recently and i know that we're straying from strange new worlds to tng straying. Um, Um, so, uh, I watched it recently. I was like sort of really taken aback by how sort of, uh, I don't want to say spineless, but almost spineless. Everyone (laughs) else is in that fucking like data is like being basically, Oh, here, let's take apart your arm here. Mm -hmm. Check that out. Yeah. It was like, Motherfucker, that's my arm. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't hack off some dude's arm just because there's medical technology that can sort of regrow it. Yeah. Um, and well, I, and I might, honestly, but yeah, it's weird. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe you should be in the murder dungeon. Piece. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, but one of the things that was really sort of, um, shocking about that is that it's sort of presented as like this very, I think Kurt, uh, you had said that it's it's basically the Dred Scott decision, yes. but a little nicer. Yeah. Um, and wow. <laughs> and honestly, I, I can't disagree because honestly, like no one puts their 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 commission on the line. Mm-hmm. Like like if if we're supposed to believe that um, Picard is like this, you know, straight arrow and blah blah blah. Like it, he'd be willing to basically be thrown into the brig for violating a, a direct order from the admiral yeah. uh, that is, that is holding the, the court. Um, you know, I don't know. It, it's just a very strange in, yeah. in retrospect. It's very strange. Well, to, to quote, uh, the, the wonderful podcast, a lab, uh, you know, everybody is suffering from lawyer brain right there because <laughs> it's just like, you know, uh, obsessing about proceduralism over any sort of morality or, you know, common sense. Well, the procedure is there to get you to the result. Yeah. So well, the it's if I mean I guess to wrap up the discussion of 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 measure of a man, which is apparently is what the episode is about now. <laughs> I, it, it, it is funny because like it it is kind of a weakness of a Star Trek type show that when they want to do an episode like that, even though almost nobody has ever shown any kind of like prejudice towards data or been like oh he's not really alive all of a sudden they have to be like it turns out that everybody thinks he's not alive yeah, <laughs> yeah. enough to go because like it, it it seems pretty much like nobody thinks about it at all and then when someone mm-hmm. says actually he's property they go well 
okay, fair point. Sorry. Yeah. Later. <laughs> okay. I I have thoughts about that, but I'm going to do everybody a favor and not go there because I know we're going somewhere else. Okay. Um, as, we're, as we're, a, going, we're going to strange new worlds. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> as a quick side note, my thoughts about who Carlo is in this situation is he's an old friend of the captain who shows up for one episode, ends up on an away mission, touches an obelisk, and becomes Jehovah. <laughs> wow. I thought he was going to be one of those guys who's like an admiral in charge of... <laughs> Like a space station that they stop at briefly. Yeah. Who's just like, <laughs> all right. All the admirals are just like randomly like dickheads. Just they're just like. <laughs> it's like, so so is, the, is this guy a traitor or does he yeah. have a huge bug in his chest? Yeah. Or like, what's going on here? His head's going to explode. <laughs> <laughs> they, right. they, they do. Yeah, they do yeah. have a lot of those. Anyway, uh, Stranger, yes, Worlds. Uh, Stranger Worlds. So uh, I guess uh, if if no one knows a thing about Star Trek, Stranger Worlds is is what we would call a prequel mm. to essentially the uh, a, well a prequel, <laughs> but not as prequel as I guess Star Trek Discovery, right? Yes. Um, yeah, uh, which I have not seen because I've heard very mixed things, and yeah. I, I'd rather I like the cast looks great, but I'd rather watch a show that I'm going to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I was kind of hoping we would just like briefly touch on the other like new Trek stuff at the end, mm-hmm. um, like below decks, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I think it's a good idea. Yeah, so yeah, Str- yeah Stranger Worlds is kind of like a spinoff from Discovery because um, they brought back. Captain Christopher Pike, who was the original captain on uh, the Enterprise in the pilot, like the original pilot for Star Trek. Uh, and then they re- re- rejiggered everything. And then, of course, Shatner uh, took over and he became, you know, James T. Kirk, of course. Um, but then Pike came, comes back in a later episode called, I think, The Cage, right? If I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. That is correct. Yes. So, um, like the sixth or seventh episode, it's like, it's like yeah. a little bit into the first season. Yeah. They kind of get, it's kind of just a way to reuse some, some of the footage from the original pilot that didn't actually air, um, because they do flashbacks and things like that. Um, but anyway, so in Discovery, since it's taking place in this time period before Enterprise, they bring in, uh, Pike and, uh, his number, who, uh, number one, who, uh, was in the original pilot played by, uh, I think Margell, uh, well, then she became Roddenberry, but I forget her maiden name, but, um, is she, who's like his, you know, his, his first and right hand person, uh, and, and, uh, they, I guess they were big enough of a hit because they were honestly, uh, you know, as somebody who's watched, you know, half of Discovery, they were the most charismatic people on that show by far um, because they were very much in the spirit of that early sixties. And then, so they, they did this spinoff um, this whole series centered around uh, Pike's time on uh, captaining the enterprise with number one. And then also Spock who was in some early seasons of discovery as well. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this has like a, a pretty great cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'd have to look up the, um, the cast list, but like, honestly, like, uh, it is sort of funny. I, I don't know. D- did basically, uh, uh, <laughs> James Kirk just basically, uh, inherited like all the crew, like Uhura was already there. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Spock was already there. Yeah. Well, it makes it feel like a Navy ship. I kind of mm-hmm. dig that. Yeah. The no, other no, thing yeah, I, like- I think that that's, that's a great, that's a great, uh, uh, analogy. Pete. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. The, well, one of the things I like about the show is it does have a rock solid cast, but but they aren't playing that game. It's like, well, it's Bob Schmebdahl and Jenny Kravitz and Whoopi Goldberg. It's like, fuck you. Don't draw 
drop a megastar in the middle. Like these yeah. are people who are just, you know, good mm-hmm. actors. Yes. And it it allows you to relate them to them as the characters. And since we do have such a history with a lot of these characters, I feel like that's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, yes. Yeah, so if we're going to talk about the cast, Anson Mount as Christopher Pike is he's just so incredibly charismatic. And like he's like very much like Shatner as Kirk. He he def or or all, any of the really of the, the classic captains. He definitely feels like the type of personality who like you totally understand why people are willing to follow him into supreme danger and like all sorts of like crazy circumstances because he's so he's charismatic. He you can definitely tell um you know he cares about you when he's talking with you and like um yeah he he's just fantastic. Um so I is it just me I always think that guy's Timothy Oliphant. He he kind of has a little bit of that going, but like a hair thing. Yeah, right. Exactly. No, I don't think he's as tall as Timothy Timothy Oliphant. He is with the fucking hair. Carlo, you're <laughs> muted. Oh, his hair is a step below a Johnny Bravo. Yes, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Sweep up. <laughs> yeah, it is. But but yeah, like um, Chris. Uh-huh. <laughs> my glasses, my glasses. I can't be seen without my glasses. Um, um, so Anson Mount, um, they, there is uh, a reason I recognize that name. It, and it's not because of Star Trek, sadly. It's because he narrated um, a Theodore Sturgeon uh, hmm. a, a story called The Man Who Lost the Sea. Just a fantastic story. Honestly, it's very, very good. It, it really sort of uh, made me think just how Sturgeon is great at like that sort of, um, I guess sort of new wavy approach of like weaving together memory and mm. reminiscence and so on. And, and Mount, uh, narrates it. And he's just really great. Wow. Uh, that, that, I, I got to admit that that was probably a coup on, uh, escape pods part mm. to get him to, to, yeah. inter- to narrate it. Was was that um, before or after uh, Strange New Worlds? I think it's before. I think it's um, probably when he was uh, in in Discovery. Mm. You know, like at that point. Yeah, that, that's um, pretty cool. Let me let me uh, hold on. Let me see. Uh, 2015. So no, I, maybe uh, when did Discovery start? Uh, I would think it'd be after that. Actually, he he was um, he was in a show called Hell on Wheels on AMC. Which mm. um, was mostly good. Um, it was kind of like a Deadwoody, like Western centered, centered around the, like the Great Continental Railroad or whatever it's called. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So going further in the cast, I really like um, what's this? I, I can't remember his first name. Something Peck. Um, Gregory Perkins. No, no. He, who plays Spock? Um, oh, 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 gotcha. Uh, Ethan, uh, Ethan Peck. Ethan Peck. That's right. He's, who's like the grandson of Gregory Peck. The, the, the oh, great interesting. actor. Yeah. But, um, so his, his Spock was kind of like iffy on discovery. I will say, because they had him going really like, it's not, it's way more, um, Spock is very, very, very conflicted about his two halves and things like that. Um, and he, I just think it took him a while to really get into the groove. Um, but he definitely is in the groove from the beginning of Strange New Worlds. He's definitely a very good Spock. I, I think he's, he's doing a, a version of Spock. He's not doing a, and I think importantly, he's not doing a, um, Nimoy impression, which I think, um, the guy who did the, in the, uh, JJ Abrams, 
Star Trek movies. I think he could follow follow into that pit a little bit. Um, I think Ethan Peck is kind of taking his own uh, version of it, but it's I think I think it's great. He yeah. definitely is doing like a good job. Like it's it's kind of comes across as a slightly different version of Spock in instead of mm-hmm. the Zachary Quinto version yes. from yeah. f- from the JJ films, and I think that yeah. works in its favor mm-hmm. because it 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 would feel weird to have just Spock as Spock on the show when it's asking you to learn all these other characters for the first time. So I think the the fact that Spock does feel like like a young Spock or like a slightly careless Spock does mm-hmm. does like help him fit in as a character better with these these other kind of n- newer characters who we don't we don't have have any affection for and it prevents it from being a totally Spock centric show. Although yes. I do think at times it gets a little bit Spock heavy. Um mm-hmm. and and those are definitely it, some of them are good. Some of them are not my favorite uh, episodes. The the Spock body swap episode, I, I didn't really care for. It just felt like too much, too much mm. Spock, too much. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's but little... they've got to do one of those to show everybody can act like each other. It's just, yeah. it's, it's like improv one on one. I, I also, <laughs> yeah, they, they, they sort of can't. And and honestly, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it comes across as like a weird Freaky Friday in the like jamming Freaky Friday into Star Trek, and you're like. Does this work? I don't know. And and honestly, like, I don't understand why they wouldn't just like Spock being almost unable to um, sort of like deceive. Like, I don't know that he's able to, to lie very well. Yeah. Why wouldn't he have just been like, yeah, um, uh, Chris, uh, I am not Spock. And <laughs> this is not, you know, uh, what is his uh, his soulmate or whatever? To Pring, yeah. this is not to Pring. We have swapped and blah, 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 <laughs> and just come clean about it. Yeah. And like, honestly, that, that would have been better. But I guess, you know, you got to have, oh, wacky, hi, Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> you know who did a great Freaky Friday episode? Farscape. Mm. Like they fucking nailed it. Like the switcheroos were great and they were really like they sort of liked each other and sort of didn't. So like the the imitations were just slightly cruel. Like mm. it was really good stuff. <laughs> and then they swapped with the computer and that was a problem. <laughs> <laughs> the computer learned about love <laughs> and hate. Yeah. <laughs> um but so uh uh, I also, um, honestly, I, I sort of love, um, what each one of the, uh, the, the crew members on the bridge, the, the main ones I would say is, uh, what is it? Uh, Christina Chong as mm-hmm. La'an Nunyan Singh. Yes. Uh, Melissa Navia as Erica Ortega's is understated, but just very, I, I, I love her character mm-hmm. and she's sort of puckish but without being like i'm the jokester of the group um which is is, great yeah her her character is like just on the line of like weed and quippiness um but i think they do a good job of not crossing that line you know the blend to me is on oh god is it voyager the one where they go all the way out in the nowhere yeah there's this incredibly ubiquitous and annoying lieutenant like from episode one, the blonde dude who you always want to punch. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and I've I've not seen a, a one episode okay. of it, so go ahead. And and the 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 badass corporal from Aliens with the big gun. Yeah. It's like mixing those two together. Yes. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Lopez. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh God. I always love that 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 line too. Is <laughs> hey Lopez. I mean, you know. It, 
sort of like a a, a queer phobic uh, and and borderline transphobic uh, thing is like anyone mistake you for a man and she's like anyone mistake you <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's the perfect put down honestly <laughs> on the anyway, other that's, hand that's Lopez Go on ahead. the other hand there is the um what's her name Nurse Chapel oh who, yeah uh it, it, she gets better towards the end like the back half of the series but at the beginning she's uh very epic bacon it yes. felt like someone it, it felt like someone trying to catfish elon musk for the first couple <laughs> episodes <laughs> <laughs> well thankfully they they haven't done any of the things that they they've done in in start in in discovery where it's like you know oh the great thinkers of our of the past age uh you know like uh you know what is it um what is it pete like oh it's like blue blah uh, blue blah blue blah the, S- the, the elder Newton and you know Dark and Sneeze, Snark on Four. Yeah, I fucking <laughs> right. hate that. Yeah, like, like but, uh, well, in this, in this, they, I think they did the opposite, where it's like Blue Blonde, the Elder, you know, uh, Sardaukar, the whatever, and Elon Musk. Yeah, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, the I just pretend it's a different one. <laughs> yeah, different Musk. Yeah. So I mean, he's got enough kids. Yeah. <laughs> so the the, the I, I think um. What makes Star Trek or uh, uh, Strange New Worlds works the best is that it's hearkening back to uh, the original series where it's all about um, exploration and they like randomly get missions. Um, and there's like overarching like there's character arcs and things like that. But there's not like a prestige TV like mandated like you know, storyline, like going through everything that where it's like, oh, you know, there's this random people talking in a room somewhere and they're, you know, keep that in mind because I'll come back three later, three episodes later. And but they are building stakes on the Gorn, to be fair. Yes, that is true. And um, yeah, Uh, but I think they're doing it in a way where it's not it's it's similar to how like, you know, uh, serialized like, a um, you know, next generation might have been where um, things grow and change, but it's not like a, you know, um, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to like define, but it's like, it's, it's not like, it's not, it's not the prestige format, which discovery okay. yeah. absolutely is. Yeah. And, and I think that's well observed because I'm fucking tired of the prestige format. They're all mm-hmm. the same. The The issue yeah. is like, Good prestige TV uses that slow build up to kind of tease out a good story. But mm-hmm. a lot of mediocre prestige TV, which, you know, but by by Sturgeon's law, most of it will be um, just kind of uses that like they just they just slowly build out a not very good story. Mm-hmm. And the well, result I, is it's just the same prestige TV thing you've always seen, where it's yeah, like a very I, abbreviated story that they stretch out to 14 episodes or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, not much happens. You spend the entire first season just establishing characters. And it's like, with Star Trek especially, it's like, no, I want two things. I want stars and I want them to trek between them. That's what <laughs> I want from Star yes. Trek. <laughs> yep. And I love that the show just gets right down to it, because yeah. you don't have to wait around for like, well, here Here's how it becomes Star Trek. Here's mm-hmm. here's how they gather all their. Yeah. No, it's like no. Here's the crew. The crew is there. They're all recognizable, identifiable types of characters. They show up and they start interacting and they just and they just go with it. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, it is a little bit more serialized, but it it, it it's nice to just get a show where it's like, here's a self-contained episode. You know, mm-hmm. I, again, mm-hmm. I I really miss that. 
And this went for it much more than any show I can think of recently. Like people yeah. were talking yeah. about like like how The Witcher did that a little bit. I, I think mm. this this actually committed a lot more than that show did. Mm. Yeah, I, I I I totally agree, Kurt. I, I I would say that ever since even that first. Um, like Jessica Jones, like those first forays into that. Oh, we're going to get, you know, genre prestige. Mm-hmm. And like Jessica Jones had, I believe it was eight episodes of which maybe four were good. Yeah. And yeah. the rest of it is just sort of padded out to sort of meet the episode, like the, the episode order. And this feels very much like the, the first episode. I'm going to say this because, um, I am not by, um, you know, by, by, by nature, very, uh, very much a, a, a Trekkie type of person, right? I, that was not my thing. Right. But when I watched, like they finish up and they wrap up the first episode, which feels like a pilot episode, you know, it's like, you know, uh, Anson Mount is playing a Captain Pike. He's all bearded and they, mm. he's, I'm too old. You know, it's basically he's, he's, he's out of the business. You know, yeah. they, they drag him back, you know, and when he finally, uh, like the last scene is him giving like the speech, it's corny, but it fucking works, man. It, mm-hmm. it made me sort of like feel something. I was like, damn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I like that. It's, you know, fuck it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, go ahead. As you were mentioning, the, the first episode sets up, you know, the, the history of Pike that we kind of always know, like it, due to some, uh, you know, fuckery in discovery, Pike has gotten a vision of his future that we all know is coming because we know it's from the original series where he ends up in some horrific accident and eventually ends up in the, you know, the, the wheelchair that beeps. Uh, and, uh, Oh no, he's, he's in, he's in Star Trek's nine 11. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and so then he, um, he, uh, there's, there's a couple scenes where he's kind of like broody about it. And I was really worried that that was going to like really bring down his character because they're going to have this like hangover and it comes up here and there, but they really don't let it become the central focus of his character. He's not constantly going, yeah, but one day <laughs> like it's He's like not Hamlet. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So I, I, I think they did. They did that um, with a, a more defter touch than I had feared based just solely on the first episode. Yeah, although I I still kind of wish that they hadn't done that because like mm. I I the only time that it paid off for me was um the the one episode uh towards that like, I I guess I think it's the second to last episode where they basically like redo the plot of a later original series episode and say like well what if Pike had stayed captain. And it, mm. it ties into like a nice metafiction of the show where it's like, what if they had cast uh, whatever the original actor was and and kept him as the as the captain? And it's kind of like, well, here's here's how, why here's why that would have been bad for like, you know, the here's like the in-universe reason that that would have had all these these like uh, ramifications. And I mm. that for me was the payoff. Most of the rest of it didn't really didn't really do anything for me. Like you would just kind of have these, the, the, to your point, Chris, like, yeah, it didn't dominate the character, but there were a few scenes where I was like, I feel like having not watched discovery, I'm, I'm maybe missing out on something, but I'm also mm. not going to go watch that show just to get, you know, something out of these <laughs> one or two scenes. So yeah. I, I don't, I don't begrudge them it, but 
I guess it's kind of like the stuff in like Deep Space Nine where like, well, Worf shows up and everyone's all excited about Worf being there. And if you didn't watch Next Generation, you're like, well, who's Worf? Um, but, but I, I, I don't <laughs> he's, know. He's a security Klingon security officer. It kind of bugged me a little bit. <laughs> he's a Klingon security officer that continually gets beat up for whatever <laughs> oh, reason. He's never beaten, like, he's literally beaten up in every single time they just want to make someone look strong. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's like, yes, well, yes. how do we make, make raise the stakes on this? Well, let's get the shit beaten out of Worf. But- <laughs> Worf looks at the at the incoming guests and just like at the list and goes like, <laughs> knowing knowing what his fate is. Yeah. Um. So so um. I. I- I go back and forth because uh, I think the I think that's the last episode where we get uh, basically it's <laughs> it's a wonderful life but for Star Trek yeah uh, sort of episode, um, which which sounds flippant. It, I think it works, but it's also um, one of these things where I. I I I guess it's it's something that I get tired of, like the the timey wimey stuff. Yeah, uh, is something that feels deep um you know like it's you're supposed to feel like it's deep like some deep meaning behind it but mm-hmm. really it's just sort of like a weird gimmick that oh they they got time crystals in this yeah and yeah. i don't know it, it's 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 fine um i'm not entirely sure that it's the best episode to end the season with yeah it is uh well i think it was it was reasonably well done it didn't upset me or anything but like if you look through, you know, this season and say which episodes were fan service mm. and which episodes brought us forward, this one really felt like a fan service episode to mm-hmm. me. Like mm-hmm. you could cut it out and and the the show remains. Yeah, but you know, as, as a fan, I'm definitely feeling serviced. So, uh, you know, it, it, it <laughs> 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 well now, Chris. <laughs> uh, yeah, what, 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 like, kind, what kind of what kind of streaming service do you have? It's, it's a full service show, folks. Um, it's yeah, it, it's, it's uh, yeah, it, it's. It, I, like you know to be less flippant i i actually do enjoy those things because i think it's doing um i don't know if you guys ever watched star trek enterprise but that show didn't get good until it started embracing like star trek lore and started digging into like the the you know the the future history of star trek where it was like hey this is how we met the andorians and how you know like it, it doesn't hurt that they had jeffrey combs as like you know the coolest andorian to ever live but like uh i i think that's the kind of stuff uh works best for me because you where you take it and you bend you bend it a little bit and you're playing with it because listen this is like you know what was what this like the sixth or seventh star trek show right now so it's it's not like you're going to be yeah. doing anything brand new. So I, I think taking older stuff and twisting it to your own ends, I think is definitely worthwhile for, you know, for a show like this, like a, you know, a branded show. And, you know, that's there. It is a good point though, about like how it, how it ends the season. And I do feel like there could have been one more episode that cause like the, okay. So like the classic setup, from like the next generation and a little bit less so on Deep Space Nine, but, but they still did this was like, 
there wouldn't really be much continuity until the last episode of the season. And then the last episode of the season would usually be either like a cliffhanger or like a mm. two-parter between the last episode of the season, and the first episode of the next one. And also it would usually expand the universe a bit in some way. It would tie mm. in with like, Oh, you know, uh, we're going, uh, b- b- Buckle up, shit fucks. We're going to the Klingon homeworld or whatever it is, you know. And then, and 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 then it would it would it would it would zoom back on the universe, and you'd get either this big thing that didn't go anywhere because it was season one, and they decided that they weren't going to have uh, bugs controlling the Federation, or you know, it, it it turns into this this whole like thing. Um, and I feel like they could have done something with that. Instead, the cliffhanger is really entirely Christopher Pike focused, and that's yeah. not bad, but it is very sure. much like it's much more of the Christopher Pike show than mm. Next Generation is the Picard show or DS9 is the Cisco show. That's true. Well, one of the things that I think about this is of the of the Starship Trek shows, the thing that makes it unique and the thing that makes it annoying for me is that it is on some level a Greek tragedy. Like under most types of tragedy, and I'm I'm sorry to pull out my my year one theater book, guys. <laughs> bear with me. But under most types of tragedy, you look upon the flaws. And you say things like, well, you know, if you take Othello and Iago and you, I mean, Othello and Hamlet, you had them switch places, neither one of them would have a problem Mm -hmm. because it's their flaws that screwed them up. Well, it doesn't matter what Chris Pikes does because he's in the icy hand of fate on some level. Mm -hmm. And that, that is a very strange position for Star Trek to take because Star Trek is about possibility and hope. And I like the combination. That's true. That's a good point. So I, I think that they play with that a little bit in the episode. I, I forget if it's like the next to the last one or, or whatever, where they're, um, where they're, they're up against the Romulans mm-hmm. and he meets. Well, actually, no, I'm sorry. This is the, the actual, that same episode mm-hmm. where he meets, um, Kirk, right? Yes. And Kirk is like a bit of a, like, it, it's weird because, um, as I have, you know, as all these shows have gotten more, you know, we've had more and more Star Trek and further away from the original series. I feel like uh, Kirk has become like almost a meme. Like he's just a hothead and he likes to get, he likes to bang alien chicks yeah. and fire. Yeah. And um, from what I've read and seen the little that i have uh of the original series he is not <laughs> very a- anything like that no he, he's um, more and, thoughtful than he's given credit for right yeah. right and i think i think that part of that is uh the curse the accursed shadow of jj abrams yeah. uh, <laughs> stretching out over the future of star trek has made him here um i i i do think that uh the kirk is is played a little bit more even handed mm-hmm. uh he is very much um hawk like right yeah. he is not uh about you know like well, we can't we can't negotiate peace with the Romulans. They want to fire on us. We should fire. He's very much um, what is that uh, game? Uh, tit for tat. Yeah. Right. The yeah. Romulans fired. We fire back. That's just the way mm-hmm. the the logic puzzle works. Yeah. Um. Oh, and and he's 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 proven somewhat right. Mm-hmm. He is. Uh, and and and, but, and I I I was thinking about that too. But I I think um because this is 
taking place before the original series. And this might be total like, you know, retro justifications for this, but I, I, I think um, this is Kirk still kind of like learning as a captain to not be so impulsive. Cause I, I, I think, um, I, I mean, that was my read on it anyway. Like he was taking some, counsel from from pike um to be you know thinks things a little bit through a little bit further um but i i also do think you're right carlo that there's uh you know jj's and his crew have been had their hands on trek since 2009 now and, or before that i guess when oh they were my making god them. yeah <laughs> and uh uh, so I, I think they they took the wrong lesson from the whole like Kobayashi Maru story where, uh, you know, like they're like, oh, that's going to be Kirk is every every decision is going to be like just like the straight up your ass decision. Like, you know, what I mean, like it's never going to be like, you know, the the one that's, you know, well, I I, th- I think that that um the way and, and, and uh, part of the, <laughs> I can't really blame Chris Pine, but part of the blame falls on him being just like a charismatic dude and play, like being able to pull pull it off. Right. Yeah. Being yeah. sort of like the 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 lackadaisical, um, arrogant shithead uh, that be, that is the J.J. Abrams Kirk. Mm. Um, he's he's fun to watch. But at the same time, like I, I agree with you, I think that the the um, the lesson learned from that first star trek uh episode uh movie i should say that uh is that oh kirk is like uh he he damn the procedures you know yeah uh let's let's do it and he's a cheater when when the the mood um strikes him when in fact uh i believe i mean my my take on it i yes he he should probably have been <laughs> court martialed for <laughs> for for breaking in and hacking into the uh, federation's uh, academy computers <laughs> but also like it if we can go back to uh Picard and his uh, sort of like hidebound by by procedure mm. and regulation and whatnot in measure of a man. Kirk understands that like is the type of guy that you understand would understand a a law that is uh, that is basically inju- unjust mm-hmm. is not a law that you need to follow. Right. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Well, I. Don't disagree with you, Carlo. I'm 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 like ninety five percent absolute alignment with you. But what what I will say here is that I think Kirk, uh, like all of the stuff that J.J. Abrams pounced on was there. It was just exaggerated. Yes. Yeah. That's I mean, right. he's a caricature of the original Kirk, but, not then, a not yeah. a misread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I think I, I think, think yeah, Kirk in right. the original, the the part that usually gets left out, and the part that is probably under criticized is um, Kirk at times uh, functions as like the important man has arrived in the room and is saying the important things. Everyone yeah. must sit down and let he almost functions as like a Rod Serling type character at, at times, like summarizing the lesson that we should all learn from the episode of like, we you know perhaps someday we will overcome our differences on yeah. these strange, you know, blah, blah, blah. like, like there, there's that, that kind of like self-assured arrogance, but it wasn't, it's not, it's not an arrogance of the character. It's like an arrogance of the way that that original show is written at time with the at times with like the very heavy handed moralizing. Um, well, I, yeah. But I, I don't I, mind the way that Kirk appears on this show. Cause frankly, it makes him a much more interesting character than actually mm-hmm. than actual straightforward Kirk would have been. Cause there is like a neat aspect of like, like Kirk isn't even telling, uh, 
Christopher Pine, like what he's not Christopher Pine, fuck Christopher Pike. <laughs> Too many Chris's. Uh, like what he's doing. Like he's he's got schemes inside schemes, and he's he's kind of like trying to manipulate Pike even into like doing what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the point like that his brother says of like you know I don't entirely trust him. Like he's a good man and he's very smart, but he's not entirely trustworthy he's kind of like prone to just doing his own thing and not really telling you and and he he does that a bunch of times um yeah and i think that that was much more compelling within that episode than just like actually having someone doing a william shatner impression and trying to actually directly do the character would have been and then when he was sitting down and he spat on Christopher Pike's hand, like that was weird, guys. Why are you thinking of Chris Pines? <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about some of the other episodes, by the way? Because yes. sure, I think sure. not all of them work. <laughs> no. The ones yeah, that no, work, no. work well and the ones that don't work don't work at all. But that's a very Star Trek thing. That's okay. It's okay they, to just the, it's okay to have, you know, uh you know, like, like a point six batting average. That's still pretty the good. Good I mean, episodes mostly come out at night. Mostly, <laughs> mostly. mostly. Oh, oh. Thank you. Thank we you, need to talk about that episode because holy shit, I'm still processing whether whether I'm insulted or thrilled they did that. Yeah. So yeah. Wait. So what Pete's uh, hinting at is the one episode um, is basically a complete lift of aliens. Uh, oh, I forget. Oh, what, oh, oh what, yeah, yeah. The yeah. The, the, the Gorn. Yeah. The Gorn one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which it, it's I, I think it's very interesting that they pick the Gorn as like the recurring. Uh, baddie um because they are the least explored of the races that were introduced in the original series i think i would say other than like the random one-offs can uh, i say something about that please they were created in the original series to take james blish's story arena and turn it into an episode uh, entitled arena uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, well, yeah. Well, you don't you don't mess with success. If you got a good name, go for it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good name. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think it's it's an interesting, but then it does there have been some very uh trekky um actually in Arena they say that's the first time they've ever come across the Gorn and blah blah blah. But who cares? It's a good who they're cares? good. Yeah. It's a good story. Yeah, I I I, I I have my thoughts on that. It is it is very much a lift of mm-hmm. you know, like aliens yeah. mostly towards the end, but but you know I don't know it's it you you do get it after the um, the one episode that is really good, which is when they're in the the brown dwarf pursued yeah. by that Gorn ship, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, man I I really like the it's it's wonderfully tense mm-hmm. um they're they can't uh basically they've had or they they can't uh power up uh while they're in the brown dwarf yeah. because uh i think what is it the brown dwarf itself uh fucks up their their energy yeah as well as they would if they used anything even for a second the gorn would immediately be able mm-hmm. to get a read on them yeah and it's they do a, a manual they do a manual <laughs> torpedo drop yeah it's it, great it's, it is classic original Star Trek where yes. it's like we need to build a compelling uh, space fight story. So we're going to pick submarines. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Yes. That, yeah, that's, yeah. It's, it's very much along the lines of that one uh, with the Romulans in, in the original yeah. series. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of that episode, but uh, yeah. And, and, but I think that's what <clears throat> I like about 
um, Strange New Worlds is that, like the original series, it, every episode can kind of like lean into a certain genre or a style of storytelling. Whereas, like Discovery kind of has one mode, or mm. you know, some of the other shows have one mode. But uh, Strange New Worlds is is definitely like you know, this episode is a submarine movie. The one there, uh, the one episode is an aliens movie. The other episode is you know the Omelas story. <laughs> the like, Omelas so, movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I think that flexibility really makes it. Or, or there's the you know the wacky um you know fantasy sto- uh episode mm-hmm. uh where mm-hmm. I, i'm i you know I, I i appreciated its ability to um bend and change like that uh where yeah especially I, in, I, in I, modern I, television i so, think oh, go, go ahead go ahead pete no no i'm I sorry was just go gonna say like i think that fantasy one was brilliantly done but it annoyed the shit out of me like <laughs> that is like man, my least favorite type of star trek episode so so, so I, pete, I liked that one because it was very next generation though that, yes yes that was very like we just came up with the holodeck <laughs> we're going to turn everyone into robin hood for you know for, for an entire episode and um, here's q the ending is very funny where he's he's like um he's like i think i should let my daughter go and be with this you know space wizard uh where she won't die from this terrible disease that she has i hope i'm making the right choice and literally 10 seconds later she reappears as an adult and is like you made the right choice dad oh good okay good i was worried that this would end on a piece of ambiguity (laughs) thank you for telling me that he made the right choice so so uh, that was an alien sock puppet like he just ate that child and then created that if that's yes. any comfort. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, so, so Pete, one of the things that, that I actually did enjoy about that, that episode is like Kurt was saying, it, it is sort of like almost like a holodeck, uh, thing. It, it's, it's worse than turning them into Robin Hood. They turned them into YA characters. Um, so anyway, <laughs> but, 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 but I, I really appreciated the fact that. In, in, in this sort of like post, uh, Whedon influenced type of, uh, you know, media, uh, landscape, there's so many shows that are so afraid to be goofy. And that is a goofy ass episode. Mm. And I, I really <laughs> yeah. enjoy, like, yeah. like Anson Mount as like a cowardly <laughs> viceroy or whatever he yeah. is, is just great. Yes. Uh, like everyone is, is, is sort of like, they 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 put it i believe like right smack dab in the middle of the mm-hmm. run yeah. so that you you did get a good read on the characters so that when they switch they do the switcheroos mm-hmm. you know you're like that's not erica that's not you know chapel yeah, yeah. so guys um i when uh, an old friend of mine was backpacking through china when they came home they gave me a gift and that's this. These are two celestial dogs, and he told me they're supposed to guard against me having bad ideas. So I think they actually look for bad takes, and I thought they moved when you said that YA thing. So clearly, like, the YA thing is horrible and must be stopped. I'm just putting that out there. I want to specify, it's not a YA book. It's a children's book. There's a difference. Children's mm. books are respectable. Children's books serve a purpose. <laughs> yeah. Why books? Well, okay. 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 Maybe I spoke out of turn. Sorry, Kurt. Uh, parents just don't understand. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Only parents understand is what we should name the show. Oh. Yeah. 
Mirror Universe Kurt. <laughs> so what we alluded to the Omala story and we've mentioned yeah. the alien story. It's important um, to mention. Let's yeah. talk about the alien story a little bit more for a second. Because Carlo, you said that towards the end it felt very derivative of aliens. I think from the very beginning it felt very derivative of aliens to the point yeah. that they even set up that the Gorn are basically xenomorphs from the aliens universe, like a couple episodes earlier, where it's yeah. like, oh, you know, they uh they have these like breeding planets where they infect people with their 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 uh, their gorn spawn, and then they spawn and they grow rapidly to adult size, and they spit acid, and you know, and and then they get to the the ice planet, and they find a small child exactly like Newt from Aliens, and mm. that's when I started like rolling my eyes. Up until yeah. that point, I was like, you know what, like this is fine. So a Star Trek Aliens yeah. episode is a good idea. Honestly, I don't mind Star Trek doing like a horror episode. That's actually kind of cool because they don't usually go into that boy. territory. <laughs> no, no, right, no, yeah, no. Yeah. But the fact that it's exactly even, the same. I was like, even give me a fucking even break. before, mm-hmm. even before when they when they take on the um, the ship. This is like the not that episode. It's the the episode where they end up basically uh, running from the Gorn. Uh, they they take on that ship of I forget it was, was it miners or colonists yeah, something like that. Um, and there's a girl. And I was like, her name is Fig, and they make a big point. I was like, Fig Newton. No, <laughs> come on, guys. No, come on. I appreciated the pun buried in there, Wolfian style. But oh, come on, talking about the Gorn is a good way to talk about um, the the Noonien Singh character, um, who when mm. that was first revealed that she was like a descendant of Khan, uh, I, I was like, ooh, that seems yeah. like. You know, where it's like very much like the modern, uh, you know, legacy sequel or reboot thing where it's like pulling old stuff just so you could point and say, hey, I remember that from the previous thing. You know what my disappointment about that was? Wouldn't it have been great if she'd have been on the on the Enterprise when he showed up? She'd have been like, shoot him. Shoot him. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's my great uncle. Fuck that guy. Yeah. (laughs) Drill his head while he's sleepy. Come on, guys. Um. Yeah, but like she, she's turned in, they've actually made her an interesting character because I feel like yeah. be, with her and, um, number one, who turned out to actually also be genetically modified or gen- genetically engineered, I, I think it's interesting. I think that they're going to delve more into that because, uh, you know, we kind of just, you know, we're told that in start in the Federation that, you know, genetically, uh, modified people are banned and yeah, it's, like it's the only time it comes up is like the con stuff. And then, um, uh, Bashir, I think is also technically, but he's, there's some, there was, he got, he found some sort of loophole. I forget. I I honestly forget the resolution of that. Like there was like a two episode arc, but that's kind of it. Uh, and I think kind of, uh, delving into that whole aspect of, of the, of Federation society would probably be really interesting. So I, I think they've really made her an interesting character. It is. Yeah. It's a good turn. I do think the idea that that the Federation would persecute someone just for being from like a group that engineers is a little bit of a stretch. Like mm. I think I, I think that they, they pull it off well with the added complications of like, well, she's serving in the Federation, so she broke some other law. But but I definitely feel like you know, if if we're hewing closer to like the classical Star Trek vision where like the federation is basically nice and uh, you know and tries to do their best i feel like they wouldn't hold it against someone who was 
genetically engineered, they would hold it against the people who did the genetic engineering. Yeah. Um, so that that did feel a little bit unfederation to me, but it didn't well, feel they as unfederation as some of the other stuff that that other series have tried to do. Yeah. yeah. I have a question about all this, and I don't think it's ever answered. Would they permit sort of like animal husbandry? So could you could you do a Bene Garrison breeding program mm. to you know add healing ability and an extra limb to people, or would that be unacceptable to that's the in, Federation? Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. I, I I don't know if like eugenics type like like that. Well, I mean, like uh, the con thing was called the eugenics war, and and I yeah. think that because that was going to be his whole thing, right? Was like. <laughs> And can I just call out that's awesome that that <laughs> eugenics was called out as bad in like a 68 show? Like, yes. Mwah. Yeah. Yeah. But Pete, the you means good and Jetix means thing. So it literally <laughs> just means good thing. <laughs> yes. Uh, you, you know, you've convinced me, dude. <laughs> it's, 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 just, it's just like utopia. Yeah. You so is Pete, good. I think, utopia I think is a that city. they would probably be against it in the abstract sense and get mad about it if you did like a big like project where you were like I am going to try to breed superhumans I suspect they would be angry about that but I think if you were like I just like uh I like red hair <laughs> I don't think they would be like I I suspect that when it rises to the level of a program what might be called a eugenics program they would probably get annoyed uh, well, I, I have a theory here, and it's a little gross. I hope you guys can bear with me on this. But I think Starfleet is a eugenics program because hmm. they only accept you on those ships if you're the best of the best. And what do these people do in every port? Fuck everything in sight. <laughs> so, I mean, like, what what could be more of a eugenics program than sending Captain Kirk everywhere where there's something warm and concave until something happens? Look, uh, that was dealt with with the uh, James Tiberius Kirk Accords uh, of 2247. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. But uh, anyway. then they'll have the, the you know, the, mare, the male birth control pill. So he is, you know, <laughs> Kirk was popping those like like nobody's business. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, so this is stupid. I don't know why male birth control pill reminded me of this, but it couldn't the, be more stupid than what I just said, dude. Go ahead. One of the um, was it the first episode? I think where they have to like infiltrate. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so like in the first episode, they make contact with this uh this this race that has invented a hyperspace bomb before hyperspace yes and they have to infiltrate and they do a bunch of bullshit with the transporters and and stuff that episode felt like the least star trek to me and i don't know why male birth control pill in star trek reminded me of that i think it's because it it felt very like i don't know despite its reputation star trek is usually not super wacky about its its technology and they mm. were doing some pretty wacky stuff of like well we can we can use the transporters to beam drugs directly into somebody um and it 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 didn't stretch credibility because it's star trek but it stretched the star trekiness um and again, I, I cannot tell you the, the the connection with male birth control unless maybe it's like they're using the transport to just like like transport the sperm out of people, I guess. Well, I mean, to be <laughs> fair, Star Trek is male birth control. 
I have something what? a little bit more serious and sappy to say really quick, if you'll allow me. Um, I think in, in certain episodes, it's it been talked around a little, but uh, my father is in his 80s and he's having some memory issues where you can have a conversation with him 30 times in a row. Like he's as smart as he's always been, but that short-term memory thing is gone. Like everything that's real to him is from about 2000 back. And I watched Strange New Worlds for him with him this week. Went and watched the episodes and he plugged right in. He was asking questions. He was like, wait, wait, isn't Pike in that thing? And, you know, I could explain it. I had to explain it a couple of times. Mm -hmm. But the idea that this show could give me those moments with my dad is something I can never repay. That's uh, that's great. Yeah, that's great. Showstopper. Sorry, guys. No, I just, it's, I, it's I, just I had to unload. It's it's a yeah, it's it's a sweet. It's a sweet. I mean, I, I think that that's, um, you know, we, we, we were, <laughs> we were joking around about, uh, in, in, in a previous episode about, you know, Neil Gaiman and his sort of like persona now being, you know, the power of story and all that stuff. <laughs> and, and it's, that was it's, good. Yes. It's, it's, it's corny as fuck, but also sometimes, you know, it's, it's not the way, the same way that it's being told to you, but sometimes it, it can, it can plumb, you know, people's, you know, sort of like their, their, their emotions, their, yeah. their, their mind and people connect. And that's, you know, yeah. honestly, that's something that is important. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. because honestly, like the, 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 the power of story is actually just, you know, like being able to form those connections through a medium. Right. Um, it, but yeah, to, to that Go point, I, I, I think it may be even like, speaks to the fact that i don't know th 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 you know i i always felt uh a real connection with star trek and like the format of it there was something about it that i always really enjoyed and like even even though i you know i i always kind of rolled my eyes a little bit at it like it was very much there was something about it that I enjoyed and it had a particular flavor to it. And I definitely felt like the flavor went away for a while and it became something else. It became like a brand and mm -hmm. IP that yeah. didn't really it feel did. like it had that connection to the original anymore. It just felt like, like the name connection there. And it kind of feels like they, like they got it back a little bit. Like mm -hmm. I, so I, um, Denise has always been, been kind of, very anti Star Trek. Uh, and she actually brought this one up. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, we, we started watching it. Uh, and I was like, wow, this kind of, you know, this, this has a little bit of the old magic. It's, it's updated. You know, I, 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 and I'm not asking her to watch, you know, a dorky sci fi series from the late eighties and early nineties. It's a little bit more palatable. It's a little bit updated. It, it does, it does a few things better. And it does maybe, maybe a, a few things worse, but, also, those are those those older series are very much coming from from a time when I'll tell someone skip the first two seasons of that show they're bad. Yeah, um, you know, like they're still figuring it out, and, and mm. so I, or, I, I or think, the last one in Bab Five, yes, but. Uh, or you know, and I I think they kind of I don't know they kind of nailed it in, in in some respects. Like there's mm -hmm. there's something ineffably Star Trek about it that goes beyond mm -hmm. just you know the the brand and the music. It it yeah. it does. It does the thing, and I'm and I'm I'm doing the Leonardo DiCaprio point meme. You know, it's it, it, it <laughs> think, works. I you think, push the nostalgia button. 
And, and yeah, I, I think, think it's working think, for a lot of people because um, CBS is really pull, uh, uh, promoting this as like the most like really successful. Like it's like the hmm. number one streaming show, uh, you know, and like who those numbers are always like, you know, fake and they, you know, pull them out of their ass. But, uh, you know, they haven't they didn't say that for Discovery. So, yeah. like, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that uh, to, to to your point, Kurt, I don't have any connection with like Star Trek. I, I yeah, top top of the episode I mentioned that, but I feel like this uh, these this show captures what I'm sure people felt like when that sh- the original series came out, like that that sort of sort of earnestness. There's a certain sincerity to it. Um, mm-hmm. the belief that there is, you know, something better. Yeah. Um, you know, like imagining a, a, a better future type of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And I get it. I, I, like, I watched this and now I, I sort of get it now. Yeah. Uh, there's flaws to be sure. Um, uh, you know, like, uh, I would say that Federation is also, <laughs> I don't know about the eugenics part of it, uh, Pete, but I would say Federation is definitely a lot of gunboat diplomacy type of yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, stuff. But and, what if really good people did gunboat <laughs> diplomacy? Well, you know, that, that's, it's, it's, it's the same thing i will say that that funnel that that weirdly uh and this is going to be the third mention of measure of a man uh pike is presented with a decision uh when when uh what's his number one called uh shit is she just number one number Jesus one Christ. yeah <laughs> um when she uh sort of uh reveals herself as an illyrian which is like one of the uh genetically modified people blah 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 um he's like yeah I'm not going to take your, your resignation. Yeah. I didn't hear any of that. <laughs> Go back. You know, like yeah. Yeah. Report, report to the bridge. Yes. Yeah. Well, as a cap and you, you, you would be an idiot to start getting rid of all your people with special powers. That's just flat out <laughs> dumb. <laughs> what? You know, my biggest fear about this show and like as seasons go on, it's only going to get greater. They're going to fuck it up. It, I don't it, think they mm. can keep this tone for four seasons. It's it's a tricky tone. You're not you're not wrong, Pete. It's it's a tricky tone, and, and I, I think, um, you know, as, as seasons go on, there's you know, uh, there's there's probably a big push to do it uh, more over overarching stuff like a discovery or or something along yeah. those lines, just because that's the pull of all TV and streaming TV these days of, of this kind of yeah. format. So or, yeah, or, I mean. But, or or they the you know some some exec says yeah we want to bring it more in line with the brand that Discovery has already established right yeah right right yeah um but <laughs> I, I, I sorry will say, sorry Chris <laughs> yes oh Carlo you were mentioning that there was no like uh you know name dropping of a current thing that like you know clatters like a you know like a dumbbell like the Elon Musk moment in Discovery. <laughs> well, they do actually have that if you'll recall in the first episode when uh Pike is giving his big inspirational uh speech to that uh the the planet that's developed a warp weapon without having warp technology. Uh, he goes through a video of like, you know, oh, this is the, this is how we got to where we are. And it's like all these videos of like the world war two and civil war and blah, blah, blah. And then there's a random moment of from January 6th. <laughs> like, oh, oh, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So there's, there's nice. kind of that one like clatteringly weird moment. That's just like, Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Need to make it topical. You know? Yeah. I, I want to defend the original star Trek. Cause they didn't just, 
just do it with historical stuff. Sometimes they did it with dumb stuff. It's like this this animal has some sort of electrical charge, like the electric eel of Earth or, or the Schlambles meme of Nimbar 8, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So I guess we should probably wrap it up. Um, so well, actually, just quickly, guys. Um, have you, have you guys, I know it seems like I might be the only one who has checked out discovery, but, um, any of the other newer Star Trek stuff, have, have you guys checked out at all? I've seen the first three episodes of discovery. Mm -hmm. Um, I've watched, uh, all of lower decks. Um, I don't know why, honestly, because it's not my favorite, but it's, I, it's like heroin. I just can't stop. Yes. I will. Uh, I you'll, agree. you'll watch that garbage. Pete. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. So I, I think like, I agree that lower decks is not like the, the best, but I, I, I do appreciate it for, um, for, well, there's there at times it runs, or at least the very beginning, it, it runs the risk of being like Rick and Morty, Morty style. Um, yeah. type of stuff. And Epic bacon. Yes, exactly. Um, I think they tamper that down a little bit as it goes on, but I, I, I think I appreciate it from a Star Trek fan p- position because the show is obviously from that perspective as well. Like there's like the, like the character, I think it's interesting because the characters themselves are fans of Star Trek. Like, like they have like, uh, it, the one episode I just watched, they have like, um, data, bottles of bubble bath like it's like um you know it's, it's and there's jokes about data versus lore and like pike is like a cele- or not pike um riker is a celebrity and things like that he serves with him on the, the titan so it's like I, I think and in a like you know an adult cartoon style i think is the best way to um navigate that so i, I think there's and there's some funny bits and there's some interesting stuff that they couldn't I mean, do uh that, on a live action budget that 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 does sound very much like a lot of the um, the the MCU related shows where people have this knowledge. And you're like, how did are you watching the movies? What, yes. <laughs> how do you know this? This yeah. happened in space. Yeah. But it, and like it, for the lower decks, like you definitely have those same questions, but it doesn't it doesn't matter as much because it's just a goofy humor. It's yeah, a like it's supposed to be like comedic, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I think that the, the like comedy does get like a weird pass sometimes. Yeah. Um, uh, what other, what other shows like there's discovery. There's, Picard. I mean, obviously the, the original series, TNG, there's Picard. I, okay. And I've heard I've been not great things about that. It, yeah. It's, it's not, I've, I watched the first season. I haven't watched the second season. Um, I probably am going to watch the third season because it's going to be a, a, a reunion of basically all the TNG, um, cool. characters and actors and things like that. So that would be cool. Um, but the <laughs> Q, you're, you're old. How did that uh, happen? <laughs> actually, I think he came in the second season, uh, because they brought that back to Borg and going back to like time travel stuff, which is like, they went back to like, yeah, it, uh, just, yeah, yeah. It's, it, they get with way too timey wimey, as you say. Um, what but about for- Orville? Sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I just want to say quickly that Picard, it, it's it suffers from discoverer discovery itis, where it's like, you know, it can't just be, a, you know, a TNG volume two. It's like he has to go on this action adventure series, which apparently is what uh, Stewart Patrick Stewart had requested. He wanted to <laughs> do like action adventure stuff. Um, well, it's, so it's exactly it's exactly what a what a high ranking elderly uh, <laughs> captain. Yes. So <laughs> yeah, it, uh, and then there's like some weird stuff about like um you know data and stuff like that. It, it's it's not great. It's not great. 
Um, Did but you watch the Orville? I haven't, but I, you know, I, I've, I want to shout out since we're talking Star Trek, Carl Garcia on Twitter uh, is, I, I can't remember his handle, but he um, has, f- for as long as I followed him, he goes through Star Trek and like does screen caps and, co- and does like funny commentary on the episodes as they go along. Uh, he, and he's been like watching or, uh, Orville along with it. And like through that, I've been more interested in watching the Orville because mm-hmm. my understanding is it's a like true blue Star Trek show made by a true blue Star Trek fan in Seth MacFarlane. Mm-hmm. Um, but right. it's just a little bit more comedy oriented. Well, I think, I think from what I understand and, and, uh, the, the you know, like basically, um, what I've, what one of my uh, buddies said is that the Orville is basically, um, initially start, it's, it's like the Venture Brothers where mm. the, the first season is, starts out like a parody of, uh, like, you know, another show. And then s- second season really st- sort of like finds its own channel, right? Yeah. And uh, he said that like the second and third seasons are absolutely fantastic. So yeah, I'll have to check it out. Carl Carl Garcia is Carl in space. Carl in space. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. It's not a, it's not a good place for a Carl to be, though. <laughs> well, uh, I was just assuming they meant Carlin is in George Carlin's space, so it's it's an area where you can be funny. <laughs> in a, in a telephone booth. Yes. We should we should we should one day do Bill and Ted. Oh yeah. Please. Hell yeah. All right. Anyway. Um. So, uh, any last thoughts? Any uh, stragglers that we might have missed? People I had my who, last thought who, ten minutes ago, Ace. <laughs> <laughs> People who missed muster. I I support this show because it's a solid like B to B plus TV, and I think I think we need more of that because it doesn't. It never presents itself as prestige, and so that means when an episode whiffs, I'm like, eh, whatever, fuck it. Yeah, who cares? You know, it it's doesn't mean that the show is going in a stupid direction. It's just this episode went in a stupid direction, and they'll have a different writer next episode, and maybe they'll do a better job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and, that, and you have to spend time hanging out with your buddies, like, yeah, <laughs> like well, I, I they think- made. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say that I think that um, that uh, Kurt's observation that it's very much like TNG as we we've been watching like TNG uh, slowly but surely. Like you know, th- there's there's Darmok, but not yes. everything can be Darmok. That's right. And even Darmok has its flaws, which we can get into one day if we decide to mm-hmm. talk about that. Well, a very clever thing they've been doing, in my opinion, is one of the ways that makes it like the original series is that they are they are ruthlessly stealing from older stories and mm-hmm. movies and stuff like that and that is an excellent way to reach back to an earlier time and, and it's i mean i occasionally i choke on it but it's it's largely flawless yeah well cuz mm-hmm. the the original series kind of was like a uh, you know, an amalgamation of like science fiction at that time, like because it had all those guys like Harlan Ellison writing on them and, you know, like uh, DC Fontana and all, all those kind of people who were actually writing on the show or they were like borrowing or, you know, sometimes straight up stealing <laughs> stories for for sh- for episodes. So I, I think that's kind of what this is doing in that kind of way where it's, you know, kind of mm-hmm. encompassing science fiction as a whole. Uh, but it's like reaching to the past. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. So um, I think that we could probably bring it to a close. Uh, 
Uh, also, uh, one last thing, sound design on this. I love it. Mm-hmm. Like the yeah. little bosun's whistles and all that shit just really makes me, makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, if that's it, thanks again, guys. I did want to talk about Strange New Worlds. Uh, we could probably talk about the other offshoots at some point yes. uh, offline. And uh, everyone listening in, thanks again. We'll catch you next time here on Podside.